This is Antonio Lopez, newly elected city councilman for the city of East Palo Alto. I'll be reading to you a poem for my collection, Gentrification, winner of the 2019 Levis Prize through Fallway Books. It'll be available to be, to be bought uh, through Fallway Books next year, September 2021. This poem, for me, it, it really captures and embodies the work I'm trying to do. My book is called Gentrification. Gentrification. Right, so it plays with the idea of gentrification of this process where more affluent, typically white people, move into a neighborhood and rapidly change the cost of living, uh, the rent, everything, and so people feel that what, what was once theirs is no longer theirs. And growing up in East Palo Alto, you saw that firsthand: the old liquor stores, the old taquerias, the old discount clothing stores. All those places eventually they left. And for example, on Donahoe Street. We have uh, a, a building that once was a place where there, well, I'll mention the poem, but apartment complexes and Metro PCS and a carniceria. And now it's a logistics center for an Amazon, for Amazon. The book is wrestling with that change and hoping and envisioning that there's a way that the community can still, through its radical imagination, through its arts, through its culture, can help fight that and to help preserve and, and, and preserve and relish uh, the beautiful and rich cultures that have long existed here in East Palo Alto. So this poem is, is an homage to that spirit. It still plays on this idea of faith and prayer. And so this poem is called Triptych of the Adobe Kata Army. And of course, it's a reference to the Chinese emperor's Terracotta Army. So Triptych of the Adobe Kata Army. And the date is East Palo Alto, circa 2000 A.D. My fingers are desperate to unearth the ruins of my countrymen, only to find a Tesla on the second floor of our apartments, now a parking garage. The Amazon logo smirks above me like a biblical cloud. I'll hear hooded saints toward the covenant of earthly silence passed out zigzag leaflets to preach the gospel of skin. Whirling dervishes and long white teeth bum rush me at a bautizo, pressed against my lips a cholo's chalice. My chest flushed at watching boys bronze into adobe kata. A driveway floodlight, the barrios moon casted their bodies as they placed bets against the armors they carry. A fist tucked inside a hoodie, his knuckles spelling the names of ex-lovers, each letter tatted with a rust with a paper clip, cocked belt buckle whose colors shout the block who he f***s with until asphalt swallows him again. And Maria's now mourn Jesus outside a sagging fence. Wreathed his chain, linked with lit candles, cardboard signs saying, we miss you. Streamers without the heated balloon that promised flight. Consider the clothesline as a bandolier slung over ruined soldiers whose uniformists still cling onto apartment balconies. Quien se dieron sus tierras to raise the wrinkled flags of blusas and neon vests. Consider this Aztec sacrifice. 
A father offers an empire, his daily flesh, kneels on the melted tar of its tongue, winces at the body turned legal tender, all to nurse the newborn with this vision. Una vida mejor. And so father cradled my head inside asphalt, prayed for our right to simply wade. You are tuning into Latino Politics and News with Tony Diaz on 90.1 FM, KPFT, Houston, Texas. The era of Hispandering is over. You are tuning into Latino Politics and News. This is Tony Diaz. We're bringing you another barrier-busting show because that is what we are about. This is Tony Diaz. I am propelled by the community cultural capital donated by Rodrigo Bravo, who seamlessly mixes our audio, our music, and our bandwidth. Appreciate him lending his genius to us. We're also backed up by the support of Roxana Guzman, who translates this into graphics, and also Leti Lopez, who helps us with these dope sounds. I bring all this up because we are defying all these forms and casts that stereotype us. And today we're doing it by busting the border that keeps our mothership, Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, and its show in one time slot. And we're crossing over into this show, Latino Politics and News, with this guest. This is a one-hour special on newly elected... <laughs> I love saying that. Palo Alto City Council representative, poet, and poetician. This is going to have to be more of an introduction to Antonio Lopez and his work. Because right now we are just exploring all these cool possibilities since he's been elected to city council. We'll also be hearing some of his poems from his collection, Hentification. We got to bring him to Houston. And Mitokayo is a high-level, incredible intellectual and poet. We'll be hearing some of his poetry at the top of the show, throughout the show. And his acceptance speeches for his newly... Uh, appointed position in city council. Additionally, he's going to break down with some really profound insights how his intelligentsia informs his community work. And what I love is where he was once workshopping poems. Now he's workshopping city policy. Mira mano. They are electing poets to city council in California. I'm hoping this inspires our community across the country to, one, embrace the humanities more profoundly, use that to channel our community cultural capital, run for office, and shape policy. As we go into the next year, I want us to remember that 
policy change is the tip of the pyramid. Community cultural capital is the base. We are happy to have been delivering that as we quantify that through our movement, which some people may call either Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, Los Libertraficantes, the modern era of the Mexican-American studies movement, which is the Libertraficante era, and Latino politics and news. What's that mean? You're going to have some deep thoughts, dope sounds, and great insights from a couple of vatos chatting at 100,000 watts. That is the era we are entering. We expected nothing less. And guess what? Only we can deliver it because we're crossing all the platforms it takes to break all these chakras, hermanos y hermanas. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you can, we want to keep commercials off the airwaves and we want to keep these shows on the air in beautiful, complex ways like this please visit kpft.org and make a donation in the name of Latino politics and news so that we won't have to insert shampoo commercials here. Additionally, we can do our part to keep the entire station going and 24-7, you're going to get news, experiences, cultura that you won't get anywhere else. This is Tony Diaz, tu amigo, tu servidor on KPFT 90.1 FM. Stay Yo quiero comprarle un Ferrari a mi novia, pero no puedo, pero no puedo. Yo quiero comprarle un Ferrari a mi novia, pero no puedo, no tengo dinero.
que me grabé, hey, pero no encuentro trabajo en eso que estudié. Nah. Hoy quería salir, pero ando a pie. Te voy a contar lo que anoche soñé. Que me compro un palo y alguien me asalté. Hey, hey, ven acá. Hey. Yo quiero más pica, yo quiero más pica. Me dijo que busque trabajo, pero no consigo por más que aplique. La cosa está caliente, los burros sin pica. Se me ven solitos y eso no para, aunque yo me quite. Y antes de despertar, explota el Capitolio. Y a todos esos carones con su monopolio. Me despedí de los aquí de los accesorios. Me mataron como a tu paquia notorio. Pero mi novia llegó un Ferrari al velorio. a kid in fourth grade they had us do these mission projects and you know i was a good little catholic boy at the time and i thought oh this is cool this church and school um but they don't really tell you how messed up it is and all the ways that that this that this religion and these and 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 this force of uh spanish that came to the U, uh, to the to california and mexico they just basically oppressed the natives and um you made me it made me start thinking about how we sacralize and we deem holy the people that once hurt us. And I went to a school that was pretty rough and tough, you know, kids out here game banging, or they might be acting up. And so I thought, man, what if the kids, my classmates were holy? What if they were almost like saints? And so this poem right here is called The Disciples of San Mateo County, California. And God said to Juventino, Perform ablution over the bathroom sink. Press the cold metal with novice palms. Stretch out your double white teeth, the cotton bullet-proof vest, whereupon stepping in the schoolyard, you'll face juvenile punches. Brace the iron gates with knockoff Cortezes. Cuff your sagging dickies by the ankles. Saunter to the cracked voices of boys who laugh without a tag for their torsos. Unzip your brother's fur jacket and take father's flask. Drink from his patron. Shadow box the heavy gavel swings with swigs of your own. Cleanse yourself in liquor's kerosene. Let Flammable spirits purge all nerves. To be an acolyte, embalmed in hair gel, worshiping the altars cordoned off in caution tape, is sainthood. You're tuning in to Latino Politics and News. This is Tony Diaz. We have a really special edition where we are testing every single boundary of your imagination in every available format of FM radio and social media, poetry, politics, and reality, because <laughs> that's what we do. At the top of the show, we made your day <laughs> by airing an amazing poem titled Triptych of the Adobe Kata Army. It's a sneak preview. We've scooped 
all <laughs> the other media outlets in airing that poem first because it's an award-winning poem to be released next year. And we have the poet who engendered that with us today. And you may wonder, wait, shouldn't he be on Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, our flagship show and movement? Yes, except we're talking to him on Latino politics and news because he is a newly elected city councilman for Pablo Alto in Califas. Please welcome to the airwaves. City Council Representative Antonio Lopez. Bienvenido, mi hermano, mi amigo, mi tocayo. Thank you, Gustavo, mi tocayo. ¿Qué onda? No, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. To all the listeners tuning in, uh, thank you so much for taking this morning, this afternoon, to, to listen to us talk about politica and arts and everything in between. Because it all goes together, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Art gives you the imagination. Politics tells you where we're going. And throughout the show... We're going to have some of your poems, and at the end of the show, we're going to air one of your acceptance speeches where you're using high level of poetics, rhetoric, language, all these devices that in the United States, in my humble opinion, are relegated to upper classes, media elites, but you're bringing it to our communities, to our barrios, and to city council in Califas. Now... So people can see the overview and arc of your work as a poet and a politician. Let's break down that poem that you shared with us and we aired at the beginning of the show, Triptych of the Adobe Kata Army. There's many ways into it. I want to just get into it with the title, Gentrification. We're fighting gentrification here in yeah. Houston. We just did a big piece holding on to El Barrio in Keonda Magazine. We're talking about uh, gentrification ravaging Segundo Barrio. Why did you go with that name and what's going on there on the street? You give us an insight into it in the poem, but tell us a little more. Sure, man. So for me, it's 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 about the ways that people talk about gentrification is always geographical in class. It's this community coming into that community. And it's always, it's usually rich people or affluent people, typically white people, but not always, coming into a black and brown neighborhood and radically changing the landscape. And for me, you know, just the concept itself, we're already the ones, the objects of it. We're the ones passively just, you know, uh, getting hit left and right by these different forces. And so I wanted to flip the script and come up with a term that makes us more activist, that makes us more animated and able to push back and really honors the work that people on the ground here are trying to do in preserving the culture uh, politically, trying to fight for affordable housing, trying to help people with the pandemic, for instance, for example, making sure people are tested, right? It's not enough to just tell media outlets, hey, this is a historically disfranchised community. Now, man, we have a rich tradition of activism in East Palo Alto um, and other part, other other cities in Califas, inner cities like that. And it's a disservice to not honor that by, as a poet for me, creating language which shows that and showcases that front and center. So gentrification is an invitation for people to reimagine the ways that landscapes are changing in California. Yes, like there is no doubt development, but you know, as a city councilman and as a poet, I'm actively fighting and demanding that the community gets the benefits they deserve. And that goes <laughs> from the page and beyond. That's awesome that you could utter that sentence and we're privileged to be able to share that with, 
with our listeners. Of course, the FM station KPFT 90.1 is emanating at 100,000 watts from Houston, Texas. But as you indicate, we cannot succumb to those borders. There's so much I want to dig into. We're going to talk about this aspect first and then get into your political trajectory. But I do want to go back to what you talk about. One, the poem reimagines language by creating the term hentification and, and furthering it, coining the phrase hentification. Additionally, I love what you say about radical imagination. I want to interpret that differently than if we were just talking on our Nuestra Palabra radio show. This is Latino Politics News. Having said that, we're engendering a program called the Latino Arts Ecosystem, where we're uniting to defy the limitations of geography and bring Latino art and culture throughout all of Houston, because every Houston City Council District is Latino, even though there's only two that are historically imagined as Latino. And this is not a tangent. This is one of many things we need to talk about. But I'm saying this because we're bringing you to Houston, okay? So please get ready for that, okay? As part of this, we're doing several lectures. We're bringing you to Houston because you are living the definition of radical imagination by running for office. In that context, though, tell us what you were talking about in terms of the power of community culture, capital, community of art, uh, literature, etc. when you wrote that line in that stanza for radical imagination in that poem. Yeah, definitely. I think, I, I, I think for me, uh, I was, ima- I, I was thinking of just all the different, and I was mentioning this earlier, you know, in, in, when we're speaking to Tokayo, but to me, poetry isn't about, finding the sublime or picking the most beautiful decadent images and Alessandro and saying that's poetry. Poetry to me is all about the lens, about the having the ability or the patience to observe things and people mm. that have otherwise been disregarded. Right? And that is absolutely a racial and class act because when you think about the struggle of Latinos and you look at the single mothers taking their kids to school or you look at the the Tongan fathers, you know, smoking that maybe they might be smoking a cigarette in front of their house. They're all stressed out, and your kids are laughing inside. Those are poetic moments. They're painful, but they're also tender because they show the 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 heroism heroism of of my community and many communities across the state and country. Imagine back in Texas as well, where people are doing the work of trying to survive and hopefully thrive. And that act in of itself is poetic because you already are having, you have limited resources, limited means. And so we have to be creative in how we bob and weave through that. And so I think as a poet, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a scribe, if you will, Tokayo. I'm just taking the time to observe, to pay attention, to listen to how my community is responding to these rapid violent changes, these structural violences. Uh, but not stopping there, putting beautiful paint and hue and fabric onto this thing and saying, hey, let's instead of looking at this, you know, art, this European artist or or this uh, decadent dish or, or, or food, let's look at ourselves. Let's look at let's mm. look at the poetry and how we live and how we struggle and how we fight back. And so I think that to me is part of the radical imagination. It's not even going to some utopia. It's just reimagining the work we're doing as uh, transformational. 
Man, hermano, I'm resisting <laughs> diving into all this, and I know that folks that are catching this right now on, on the FM dial, they're snapping, they're clapping, they están aplaudiendo. That is thrilling, and we can't even touch all those aspects. That's why I want to let people know we're going to be talking to you extended because, yo, we need to appreciate this. We got two Chicanos. <laughs> Digging in to the cultural fabric of America and acting on it at 100,000 watts. And hmm. you are now <laughs> part of the government. Before we get to the political side of your work now, the more obviously political, because as you alluded to, it's always been political. I want to pause and break down your intellectual pedigree. Because not only your Chicano pedigree, community pedigree, Latinx pedigree, you come from the top educational capacity of the country. Walk us through that a little bit, please. No, nah, absolutely, man. So I come from East Palo Alto. Historically, this franchise community, we're, in, we're nestled in just insane amounts of wealth. And growing up, man, you feel firsthand as a kid that you've got the short end of the stick in society. You know, I think in other places, poverty looks different simply because there maybe there's more stretches of miles and land and space. But here in East Palo Alto, what is so bizarre and so psychologically violent is that it's right next door. The big, the two floor houses, the mansions, uh, you start stepping into Palo Alto, the only Mexicans you'll see are the ones cutting the grass, cooking the food. And it really does feel like it's set up where you don't have language for it as a kid yet, but you're like, hey, something's wrong here. I'm not getting a fair shot as a kid. You mm -hmm. go to schools and teachers start coming in and out. They're not really, they're not, they're not paid as much. There's fights going on. The buildings maybe look dilapidated. The water fountain doesn't work. And so these, these were the, these were the snapshots growing up when I was 10, 12, 13, that I said, this is, there must be more than just this. And there must be a reason why. And so as a kid, like if you ask my teachers, man, I always ask questions. You know, I, I was just always inquisitive and I ended up going to Duke University because I had teachers that believed in me and teachers that took their time to fill in the gaps when I transferred schools. And I wasn't, you know, I was top of my class in one school and I was far behind in another just because the mm. first school didn't have the resources to prepare me, didn't have the SAT tutors, didn't have the, the summer camps, didn't have what have you. And so for me, it was really, uh, my educators have played a huge role in my life, and that's kind of why, uh, in terms of other politicians, it's funny saying that word for myself, <laughs> in other politicians, I have a very entrenched educational degree, especially in the humanities. Uh, but education has, I've, I've, has always been a vehicle for me to empower myself, and now I'm in a position where I wanted to empower others, right? So going to places like Duke University, going to Oxford, like those were places where it was hard for me to feel seen, to feel culturally relevant. Mm. And so, of course, the question is, if it's not there, you got to make it there. You got to identify it. Right. You have to smuggle in your own cultural sensibility, nice. cultural ways of being, ways of being. And that's what, that's what I did in my, my activism at Duke. You know, we didn't have a cultural center. Well, screw it, man. We're going to threaten to, to boycott the recruitment weekend of like the brown people unless we get a cultural center. Putting pressure on the administration to act with due diligence to hear the demands of this community. Uh, working alongside and solidarity with African-American 
activist también out there. You know, to me, that was all, that has always been the work because at the end of the day, it's great, you know, uh, having this nice little story of, of, of coming from one place to another. But if I'm the only one doing that, then I don't see the point, quite frankly. Mm. And I think if, if I'm the only one doing that, then I'm just one, another elitist cog who's just a little browner than the rest. Dang! You know? And I think um, that's why, and I don't mean to dovetail into the next question, but that's why I ran. I ran because I was tired of this success story not being applied to mm. other kids knowing I can sit and knowing I can be a role model, set an example and take my, it's not about ego. It's about just understanding. We all have roles to play. We all have positions to play um, in, in changing uh, and transforming our community. And for me, being a poet gave me the edge to express myself, to deliver language, to communicate. And that's because I saw the need. Um, we didn't have, we didn't have, a young person in the city council. Hmm. Um, the city was this city is sixty percent Latino, but has only had historically two council members out of wow. five. Wow. Uh, there was a demographic lack. There was a there, there, the, the, the the political leadership did not reflect the community demographic, and I anticipate that for many 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 communities in this country, sure in Texas as well, that is that that is precisely the issue. No, definitely, and I am gonna get to those aspects because they are all combined as you and I know but before we hit the political part a little more directly because we've been hitting it <laughs> I do want to point out that in your trajectory as a poet um, you know congratulations on winning the Larry Levitt's Prize in Poetry and that Four Way Books is publishing your collection Hintification that is Thank amazing uh, it will be released September 2021 so that Hispanic Heritage Month will be well after the vaccine is kicked in and uh, <laughs> Houston will be booming. So for sure, we're going to have an insane event for you acá in Houston, Tejatzlan. So count on that. And, uh, and, and I'm so happy that you're sharing that. But I point that out because I want people to understand that you have reached the upper echelons of the poetry right. world. And let's be real. Sometimes our writers from our community who get there are lured away and candilado or, yep. hey, you know, it's a little easier. Yep. Not? And then yep. they stay in that lane and they are in the ivory tower. You know, I'm not, you know, and they, they're there and it's easier for them yep. to stay there. You decided, uh-uh, no, not me. I have to keep fighting and I want to drop a couple of um, facts that make Houston very similar to Palo Alto in Houston which is 45% Latino fourth largest city in America Chicago look out you hear the Tejano boots bootsteps behind you but 45% uh, Latino one out of 15 city council members is Latino and it's never had a Latino yeah. mayor additionally you mentioned it's not about ego. Perhaps our community members need to understand that we're servant leaders. So you're a servant leader in that you are giving back when you could simply capitalize on your intellectual yeah. capital. Tell us a little bit more about saying Ivory Tower, I, I'm in here. I got work to do out there. Yeah. 
I think I think for me being a Marshall Scholar, you know, I you know I, I received I received a really prestigious scholarship to go study to Oxford um, in 2018, and that was a big deal. As a matter of fact, Tokayo, I was the only out of almost 42, 43. I was the only Latino cat in there. Wow, right? and there was over 900 applicants. Wow, and so for me these issues of racial inequality, they don't ever end, guys. The higher you climb up, so to speak, it's just reflected in different in, in different, more subtle ways. But the same struggles play out just in, in, in more refined ways to put it to see and microaggressions and so forth. And but I'm in Oxford. I'm taking the best classes in the world, studying with these world renowned professors. I'm going to London the best in you know, every week to go see my girl out there and you know, we're going to poetry, getting to know the writing community <laughs> wow. of London, just enjoying myself, man. I'm enjoying myself, you know? And, and you know, La Neta, I, I, I personally had a great time. But then I come back, Tocayo. I come back and I see that my neighbors have left. They can't afford the rent. I go to the west side of the East Palo Alto. There's a bri- literally a bridge, US 101, that cuts the city in half. And it did has done so for 30 years, for the convenience of traffic of people tra- going from San Jose to San Francisco. Cuts the city in half 30 years ago. We've been feeling the effects ever since. And across that bridge, you see people. You see entire apartment floors littered with landlord notices. People have left. Mm-hmm. You see a pandemic that has hit cases here threefold, fourfold compared to Palo Alto and compared to Menlo Park, for instance. Right now. The amount of cases we have in East Palo Alto is about 1,500 cases, which is about 13, 14% positive rate response in people testing. I got a huge slap in the face realizing that if I can be, you know, a little French here, it doesn't mean sh- what, I, what the degrees I got. It, it, it means something, but it's not enough because it, 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 I wasn't actually applying those degrees on the community level, mm. and I just could not—I just could not live with myself if I continued to have this pipeline from asphalt to the academy, and going to be a professor, a full professor, and 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 only getting the Latinos who make it there, and tutoring them, and mentoring them at best, getting those few black and brown kids in the university who already had the world figured out for them, who already navigated their, their spaces enough to get to this point. I was thinking about the fact, and as I started to advocate more for this community, I realized how in bad shape we are. I'll give you one statistic and finish. In East Palo Alto, the, uh, the percentage of people who have bachelor, bachelor's degrees here is 19%. In neighboring Palo Alto, that number is 83%. Wow. And, and then in Stanford next door, 87%. This is a huge, this inequality has always existed. What COVID has done is expose that front, those vulnerabilities center stage and made people realize that we were one paycheck away from uh, homelessness or one paycheck away from leaving the, the San Mateo County. And so I ran because I just got tired of that. You're tuning into Latino Politics and News. This is Tony Diaz. 
We're talking to Antonio Lopez, newly elected city councilman in Palo Alto, California. We've been breaking down his poetic ascent, but he's really dropping some profound knowledge on us in that he did not want to go into the ivory tower and be the only Chicano uh, person of color there. He came back, he ran for city council, and he won. Now, if you've been listening to him flow with his poetry or talk about it, I think if you tune in, you love what he's saying. You probably would have voted for him. Um, but, but I'd like to find out more about the the election run. Porque, you know, um, I've been involved in some. It's glamorous for about two minutes. And then it's 23 hours, 11, 23 hours and 59 minutes of grind. Cuéntanos un poco de la campaña. So, as I said earlier, you know, this campaign was run entirely by myself and a bunch of teenage kids, man. I, 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 one of them, a couple of them were my cousins. A couple of them were the friends of my cousins. And I said, hey, guys, I want to run for office. And this is the team to do it. Like, we don't have any experience in politics. doesn't matter. You don't need it. <laughs> I love it. We'll learn, we will learn together the A to Z, A to B, the ABCs of how to run the ship. And I bought, I got, I fundraised money. We bought some walking lists, some political data. We learned the precincts. We learned, we strategized and said, who are our likely voters? Who are going to be the unlikely voters? And we delegated accordingly, you know, how to do it. And we just we just knocked and knocked and knocked different houses. We split up, and I bought clipboards, and I printed out walker lists, and then we started to make little goodie bags for the community to say, hey, we have face masks, hand sanitizers. I fundraised. I hit up my leverage, my respective networks and prestigious places I've been to and saying, hey, you know, uh, I want to uh, make sure that this community is taken care of, is listened to, and this is the crew to do it. And so, me da tanto orgullo to know that these kids, these, these kids didn't have that political experience, but we learned together and that they were able to help elect a young 26 year old guy in office through those efforts, man. That is an inspiring story. And I think a lesson for all of our community members to say that we have the power. We've been convinced yep. we don't, but I thought. Incredible. And as you were out in the community, what were some of the reactions from folks that you were talking to? Yeah, I think I think in, I think there was a lot of excitement. People want to people want hope. People want to believe in something. I think people are tired of knowing how behind they are of seeing the metrics of despair or misery and, and and being reminded of how how much we've been set back people want to know that there is something better for themselves for their families for their children and so you know we did our very best to steer away the negativity not focus on attacking our opponents or our other candidates i should say excuse me uh and we focused on really uh, emphasizing what we bring to the table. And the, what we brought to the table was a strong advocacy for our youth, making sure that 
uh, housing was a priority for me. I ran on comprehensive rent forgiveness to cancel the rent altogether. Wow. And if we, we, if we need to start a movement, so be it. Uh, but I ran on unapologetic progressive values that we need the county and local and the, 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 the region to step up and give East Palo Alto its fair share. We are the essential workers of the Silicon Valley of the South Peninsula. And if we're risking ourselves, sacrificing our, our, our parents, our cousins, our tios, our aunts to this thing called capitalism, then you got to give us more than a million dollars, Facebook. You got to give us 20 million, 40 million, lo que nos debe, lo que nos debe, whatever we need, right? And uh, I think that, that, that challenge to my community to demand more, not as an act of charity, but as justice in action, uh, in a time of an enormous stress and crisis in the pandemic, that has been the uh, charge I've given my community. And I'm very blessed and thankful that the community received this and resonated with that message. And it's powerful because you're also translating the need through your intellectual abilities, but then also from a profound understanding of the community and they connected, which is fantastic. Um, let me ask you this. What is the setup for the races out there? If I understand correctly, is it at large then? Or what's that setup? Because there were several folks in the campaign running at the same time, right? Yes. Yeah, it's at large. So we don't have district races. Um, East Palo Alto is two and a half square miles, 30,000 people. Um, so it's sort of everyone everyone for themselves. And so there was, uh, let's see, three incumbents are running for re-election and seven candidates, including themselves and myself. Uh, so it was a fairly tight race, great candidates. Um, we were running against incumbents, incumbencies. Wow. We knew that was going to be a disadvantage. Uh, we knew that the fact that we, the fact that mail-in voting or absentee ballots uh, could be requested or picked up as early as early October means that we lost a whole month of campaigning. Wow. You know, we, w we wouldn't have until November 3rd. We had until early October. And then it started to taper off more and less and less people were, were cast, you know, were able, we were able to speak to. So it, it was an uphill battle in a lot of ways. Uh, but that only gives you more reason to be diligent. I created incentives for my campaign to hit it to the very end. And look, 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 Tony. I won by 69 votes. Wow. <laughs> okay. I won by 60. When people tell me that your vote doesn't matter, that is a bunch of baloney. That 69 votes are a couple of families, especially Palo Alto, your cousins, their friends, and that's it. At mm. one point in time, when the ballots are being counted, the difference between me and winning was four votes. Wow. Four votes. And so I really challenge people. This is a lesson in local democracy. And democracy at large is that, yes, the electoral process and voting is limited. It is a ritual which has its trappings. But it is still a way you can influence and, 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 and demand for your politic. And, um, you know, I remind people, especially our youth, that they remember that this is a community uh, has always had the power, especially in local elections. They're so small, so never forget. No, and that, that's a powerful message. Additionally, having been involved in campaigns, exactly like you're saying, it's 
four votes, 69 votes, really slim margin. However, a lot of work to get to those votes from our community that have been disenfranchised, overlooked, ignored for so long. You got to get to the deepest pockets of community through family, through the messaging. So congratulate you on, on doing all that work and investing your time and energy into that for the community. So felicitaciones en eso. Qué bueno que tuviste éxito. Thank you. Now, okay, uh, you've gone from workshopping poems to workshopping the city. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell us about your first days in um, and what it's looking like right now and what's what's going to happen in your first 100 days. Well, in Spanish, of course, you say the presidente del municipal. So, so if we're keeping it, if we're keeping it in the Latin American tradition, the, the president, the president, his term president would be appropriate. I love it. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's been a lot of meetings, uh, and, I, and I say that with excitement. A lot of different actors and people. We're a new to the city. So yesterday, I had a meeting with the city manager, learning about uh, the COVID response. And what, what we're willing we to do with that. Uh, signing, up, signing my paperwork to get all filed in on payroll and all that. Uh, this morning, uh, talking to press about advocacy, learning what the issues are, you know, really amplifying what the, what the needs are. Um, meetings with, on Monday, having a meeting with economic development, the head of economic development, the city staff, uh, someone else on housing, uh, the chief of police learning about basically just meeting the different rulers and shapers because follow up and saying, hey, don't miss Thomas and how can we help? And right after this call, right after this, I have a meeting with uh, <clears throat> a nonprofit that works on affordable housing. And they're going to propose a uh, affordable housing project on Week Street on Tuesday for the city council meeting. And so making sure that I'm, I'm informed about that. So really hitting the ground running, getting caught up on all of the uh, uh, issues and quehaceres and tareas as a councilman, uh, letting people know that, hey, I just got here, young guy, but I thought I'm a quick study and I'm ready to do the work. That is thrilling. And we look forward to keeping up with you. And as I said, we need to get you to Houston, not just for the release of your book, but to come talk to our community about running for office. We should give a shout out to the Mocondo Familia, which was founded by Sandra Cisneros. That's where we met at the Mocondo workshop. And we we hit it off. And it is uh, awesome to see you become the walking definition of the power of humanities and the power of community. Really been a pleasure talking, not for the last time, newly elected city councilman de Palo Alto, California, Antonio Lopez, an award-winning poet. Thank you for taking the time, and we wish you so much continued success, hermano. Tocayo, it's been a pleasure, and, you know, I, I want people to know that whatever you're going on, whatever going on with families, a lost paycheck, a lost job, families got sick. Unidos, we're going to take care of each other. We're going to do this. Don't ever underestimate the power of ourselves. Advocacy, whether you got a degree, whether your degree is from a college or from the sun, man, you always have the power to make a difference. You know, and so uh, I invite you all listeners to read a poem and make change. Get inspired by it. We're going to close by airing one of your acceptance speeches. Thank you. This is Latino Politics and News with Tony Diaz. Have a great evening. 
Good morning, everyone. I'm speaking to you at Whiskey Gulch. I could begin this announcement jubilant, to the brim with emotion, and to an extent, those things I am. But it is also a bittersweet feeling to have any sense of celebration, knowing that East Palo Alto, the only place I've called home all my life, is hurting. In the days and weekends leading up to this day, I didn't think of the polls or the prospects of getting elected. I kept thinking of the boarded up windows by the west side, of my neighbors on Pulgas that abruptly left their home of 10 plus years. I kept thinking of the entire apartment floors that my team and I walked, littered with landlord notices. I thought about that elder in the ville and his plastic chair, the green oxygen tank next to him, his hand waving at me like a tired flag. Sick, don't come closer. I thought about the Tongan father, quietly smoking a cigarette in front of his house in Azalea, his children laughing inside. I remember what he said to me. I don't know how I'm going to keep up with the rent. There is a blessing in meeting folks from all walks of life, in having walked every inch of this city. But there is also frustration. There is fear. There is pain. But I didn't run to remind people of where we are. I ran to give them the opportunity to see what I see of where we could be. It was to remind our youth, you can and will make a difference in this community. I ran to remind them that Ubrena Brica was once our age, that Oma Wali was once our age, that Bob Hoover was once our age. They needed more than just passion and pick up signs when they wanted to fight to incorporate this city, to keep drugs off of our streets. They needed what I call, and what many others have called, the audacity of hope. The stubborn belief that despite all the odds stacked against us, to believe in ourselves is half the battle. That is the same spirit that we must all share. That we deserve the exact same resources as the cities that surround us. We, as East Palo Altans, are fighting to see if the Silicon Valley will live up to its creed. To see which one is more valuable. The iPhone 12 or our kids finishing grade 12. To be a resident of this community is to pledge a loyalty that goes beyond skin or street. It is to recognize that we are two and a half square miles of resilience. And if we are to survive, it is going to take all of us, documented and paperless, black and brown, homeowner and tenant, to go beyond the biases we may harbor for one another and work together. I ran because I dream of an East Palo Alto that longs to do more than just survive the next crisis.
but that thrives. And I know that we are capable of that. But it's going to take all of us. And so, in the words of his Lisa Gaucher, as she congratulated me outside the Boys and Girls Club, let's roll up our sleeves and let's get to work. Thank you. Yo no tengo enemigos, todos son ocultos. Ahora que estoy brillando no lo culpo. La mantengo real, cero bulto, con elegancia, pero siempre cae. Entre tú y yo no hay semejanza. Así que vos mantén distancia. Que si ponemos mi nombre en balanza, tú no tienes break. Es que tú muy fey, donde te pillamos, te apretamos el spray. Tanto que roncan, hablan de calle, pero ninguno se monta. Estamos fríos, siempre chilín. Y no hay preocupación. Sobre los peñas y los culos, los Richard Milly. Ustedes son trilly. Por eso no entiendo tanto que roncan. enemigos les sirvo de inspiración el mejor artista en esto canción por canción pero es obvio no estar listo para esta conversación damos break quieres ver como te lo detallo rapeo canto y produzco escribo y te lo subrayo mejor me callo soy la solución y soy el fallo lo que escucha tu mujer por la mañana y no es el gallo cada vez que llego formo el alboroto pasajero siéntate que llegó el piloto se pasan hablando de ustedes mismos al otro día se maman el bicho y bien y suben Y con cien trabajo en el baúl Saliendo del Rija Diez años son diez sortijas Imbrincables Cabrones son diez temporadas fijas Blanca nieve Pregunten a Alaska por mi psico La NASA tuya el flow Y dicen Coco That's the real go Homeboy Esto es mafia A los bufela Y a fucking world the best Si hablan de Coco Yo era protegido por Dios Ustedes no hablen de Glo Graban con seis nueve Después que choteo a todos los blogs Jodedores Esa onda Aquí está toda esa jodera El código es igual En PR son Oman Bichel, si ustedes están viendo desde los Blitzel. Tú sabes que la isla está Switchel. Tanto que roncan, hablan de calle, pero ninguno se monta. Estando frío, siempre es chilín. Y no hay preocupación, sobran los peñas y los culos, los Richard Milly. Ustedes son trilly, por eso no entiendo tanto que roncan. Hablan de calle, pero ninguno se monta.
Kings, nigga, a los enemigos ocultos siempre me les dejo ver. Saben que nunca me voy a dejar joder, sigo adquiriendo más poder. Dicen ese My Tower siempre está en la tele, el que quiera guayar que me deje saber. Me sobran los Benjamin Franklin, subimos de ranking. Los burros cruzando por el océano Atlántico, a distancia roncan de frente les da la panqui. Soy leyenda musical como Maelo y Frankie, tú y yo no somos iguales, manito, no te compares. Puede que todo tipo de público yo lo acapare. Tiene gente que se monta, también tengo pales. Si voy yo lo más seguro que ni me mascare. Y yo estoy claro a todos lados que me meto. Bendecido sin collares ni amuleto. Todas las babies quieren con el prieto. Ustedes se caen si el botón rojo yo lo aprieto. Cuando me hable, hágalo con respeto. Tanto que roncan, hablan de calle, pero ninguno se monta. Estamos fríos, siempre chilín. Y no hay preocupación. Sobran los Benji, los culos, los Richard Milly. Ustedes son Trilly. Por eso no entiendo tanto que roncan. Hablan de calle, pero ninguno se monta. Estamos fríos, siempre chilín. When you listen to KPFT, you hear things that you would expect to hear on a community radio station. Relevant news, the arts, great music. But when you tune into KPFT, you also hear things you wouldn't expect. You hear different perspectives that make you think about our world in a new way. Pacifica's mission statement is about building understanding between nations and people. What you hear on KPFT can have a profound effect on how you live. You listen to KPFT because it expands your understanding of yourself and of the world. And we can continue to bring you great ideas and culture because listeners like you contribute. So why wait for a pledge drive to support KPFT? Give a call to our membership department at 713-526-4000, extension 314. Again, that number is 713-526-4000, extension 314, to speak to our membership department and become a member. This is listener-sponsored, commercial-free Pacifica Radio, KPFT, Houston. KPFT.